All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 16 of the All Day Cincinnati Sports Podcast. I'm Parker Fields here, as always, with Donnie Menke. Today, we're going to be previewing the Bengals' Week 7 matchup versus the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, we're going to tell you our thoughts on everything, let you know what we think is going to happen, tell you some players to watch out for this weekend, just give you an overall analysis, and then at the end, we'll give you our score prediction for this week. And uh, hopefully it's a good week to be a Bengals fan, and hopefully the Bengals can get over 500 after this week's game. But uh, without further ado, let's get right into the injury report, injury report this week. Uh, for the Bengals, Lyle Collins, of course, had rested like he has been doing, which, I mean, it's been working because he's been performing much better in recent weeks since he started doing this. So okay, we're, definitely, we're definitely okay with that rest. Uh, Jeffrey Gunter uh, limited, Josh Tupo or did not practice, sorry. Logan Wilson, of course, did not practice. That's probably the biggest uh, name on there because T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are limited, but it looks like they're definitely going to play. It's just more of a precautionary thing. But Logan Wilson is not a precautionary thing. It looks like he will be out, and that's tough for Bengals fans because, like we talked about uh, last episode, Logan Wilson to Jim Jermaine Pratt isn't that much of a drop-off, but Log Logan Wilson to Akeem Davis-Gaither is a huge drop off <laughs> as yeah. we talked about last episode. So that could be uh big for the Bengals. Hayden Hurst is limited. Once again, I feel like he's been limited since like week two. So I don't think that's too much to look into with the groin. I've been seeing that on the injury report. I feel like since week two, I might be wrong, but I think yeah. that's about right. Yeah. It's um, been there a while uh, for the Falcons, uh, Isaiah Oliver, uh, Michael Walker, but Isaiah Oliver was a full participant, but he's just listed on there with a shoulder injury. Uh, AJ Terrell was limited. That's pretty much the only big name on there I see for the Falcons. Uh, that's their best corner. That's one of the best young corners and best corners period in the league. And uh, that'd be big for the Bengals. I say I don't even know how to say this outside linebacker's name. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a Kumbo Agundaji, something like that. Hey, that was actually good. That was a good job right there. Donnie, professional translator. Um, uh, yeah. AJ Terrell, though, he's definitely a key piece to that Falcons defense. Him or uh, – why am I blanking on his name? Defensive tackle. Why am I blanking on his name? Grady, Grady Jarrett. Jarrett. I couldn't think of his name, sorry. Um, him and Grady Jarrett are definitely the two best defenders on that team. So if A.J. Terrell can't go, I mean, it would benefit the Bengals. But, you know, we want a team at full strength. We want to beat a team when they're at full strength. Um, but, yeah, that's really all for the injury report. Anything stand out to you, Donnie, there besides A.J. Terrell and, I mean, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. But it seems like they'll be fine. And Logan uh, Wilson. Tupo could be an underrated injury because they're already missing DJ Reader and the Falcons, like, like we were talking about, run the ball. Like, that's what their identity is. They throw it, like, 12, 15 times a game. So losing another defensive tackle, just you need depth. You're going to need depth inside this week at least if you don't have the star power. Yeah, agreed. And, um, yeah, like you said, if there's less and less uh, defensive tackles on the roster and, you know, we got to bring up somebody from the practice squad – I mean, that's definitely a disadvantage because, I mean, you'd rather have your second string out there than your fourth string. <laughs> right. just, like, there's a reason for that. Um, one good thing for the Bengals this week is we don't have to face Cordero Patterson, which sucks because I, I like Cordero Patterson. He's Patterson. He's fun to watch, and 
the fact that like you revived your career at like age 31 is just awesome. You became a running back and just became a beast. It's just awesome. Like as a former first round pick, as a former bust labeled player who was only a kick returner, pretty much, that's awesome to become a running back and become a stud at it. And uh, he won't be playing this week. So we'll be uh, facing the rookie, Ty Algier. And, uh, of course, Mariota, you know, with the read options because we all know Marcus Mariota can fly when he gets uh, in the open field. So got to be on the lookout for read options this week, which the Bengals have struggled with in the past, a.k.a. just pretty much Lamar Jackson has killed us with those in the past. But we did a pretty good job a couple weeks ago against him besides a late fourth-quarter run. So I think we'll be able to contain Mariota's run game for sure. Yeah, that Mariota, I'm not as worried about because he's he's just not as good as Lamar Jackson at that, and we've yeah. been able to contain Lamar Jackson. It is definitely a worry with the running backs, seeing what the Saints were able to do last week. Like Kamara gashed, every, like we talked about in the recap, everybody gashed him. Everybody had at least what five yards per carry. About yeah, yeah it. So yeah, like I'm worried about Algier. I'm worried about. Huntley, like those those guys could do some real damage. Um so yeah, that, that's really what I'm watching for. Like you said, Mariota is is just he's he's good. He'll he can make you pay in some spots, but he's not as dangerous as some of the other quarterbacks they faced. Agreed. Agreed right there. Um Marcus Mariota, I have a little, a little, little bit in the heart for him because uh, when I was a young, probably nine-year-old boy, I was a bandwagon Oregon football fan, and Marcus Mariota was my favorite college athlete of all time. I loved Marcus Mariota. <laughs> you were against you know, Ohio State in the title game, man. Oh yeah, man. well I always root against Ohio State. I'm this is a Kentucky man. fan right here. I don't like Ohio State. Yeah, I hear with that. <laughs> Ohio State forever. <laughs> But uh, I, I, I think Marcus Mariota has definitely regressed as a passer for sure. I feel like them not even like throwing the ball much pretty much tells you that. <laughs> like they're yeah. not trusting him to throw the ball and they're just letting him manage the game. But he's really good at managing games. Like he doesn't make stupid decisions. You're not really going to get Mariota to make some stupid-ass pass. That's just not his style. He'll take the check down any day over forcing something in the middle of the field. And like that's just – how Mariota plays. He's not going to lose you many games, but he's not going to win you many games either. He's just going to play solid, and that's pretty much what he does. And that's why he was a backup the last couple of years because yeah. he's really not going to do anything to anything spectac- spectacular to win you any games. Yeah, but he's also going to like play you out of that draft position for those top pro- top picks. Like I feel like the Falcons would love to get their hands on like Stroud or Young, maybe even Levis or Hendon Hooker, somebody like that, who can though because Levis and Hooker would be able to do what Mariota can do, but they might play themselves out of that position. Yeah, and the so thing they is, must really believe in Ritter if they're letting if they're letting Mariota do this. The thing is, too, if if say they like were able to get Levis, like Levis is definitely not a project right now. Like he's not ready to start in, in, in the NFL and in, in the NFL yet. Like he's going to need a year to like sit under somebody and learn, even though he's already going to be 24 by the time he's drafted. Cause Levis is pretty old actually, but yeah. um, he's definitely going to need a year in my opinion, as a Kentucky fan, like Levis, he's great. Like I, I think the dude might have the best arm in the draft. He has a cannon. 
Like he just like he, he makes some dumb decisions sometimes. He doesn't read defenses as well every every possession. Yeah. Um yeah, and he would play similar to Mariota. Like like he but with he's like a souped up Mariota, honestly. Yeah. At this point I think he'd step he in and maybe do a better job. And... Yeah. But getting back to like how that affects the game plan like if you watch enough kentucky you know how they're going to use mariota almost like you can almost like you can kind of guess because we've been talking about those read options but they don't have a very complex passing offense the falcons don't now from watching kentucky i, I might be wrong but i don't think they do either no like the passing game is not super complex they, they did last year and then their offensive coordinator became the offensive coordinator for the rams right Right. Okay. Because <laughs> last year they did, and now it's back to Kentucky. Hand the ball off to Chris Rodriguez forty-five times a game, and yeah. win twelve ten. Well, that's one way to win. I mean, that's what the Falcons <laughs> are doing too. Yeah. <laughs> Hand the ball off to that backfield by committee a bunch, and let Mariota throw when you absolutely have to. Exactly. But Rocky Top's going down in two weeks. But that's. Besides the point here, <laughs> I'm calling it now. I'll clip it at some point. We'll, we'll see about that. Um, uh, <laughs> but the Bengals, they're, like we've been talking about, the Bengals just have to – they don't even necessarily have to do what they did last week. Like you're going to have to combine the Saints game plan and the Ravens game plan almost. Like you're just going to have to figure out a way to, to keep the option in check and then just do enough – on the straight runs to, to to hold the offense down. Yeah, I'm with you there. They definitely need to do that. And the thing with the Falcons, though, I, I have a serious question about this. Do you think Mariota, like, do you think if Mariota, like, wins enough games, like, is he the starter still? I wouldn't. Like, say they got in the wild card game. I, I wouldn't. I, he you just wouldn't. no. I still wouldn't. It's just his ceiling's capped unless he's like Rich Gannon. Like I'm, unless he you, just suddenly becomes Rich Gannon, he this is as good as he's gonna get. Are you super high on Ritter? No. Oh uh, yeah, super. neither am I. He I'm struggles. not very high. He he really struggles throwing to the one side of the field, which you can't do in the NFL. Yeah. Like I didn't notice it until they pointed it out on draft day, but when I went back and watched this film, they were right. Yeah. Exactly. I wasn't really high on him coming out of UC. Like, I mean, I don't think he's bad by any means or anything like that, but I just – I don't see him being the answer at quarterback long-term either is, my, is why I'm saying that about Mariota. Like, if they win enough games and they can't get a draft position, that's my that was my question. Like, is Ritter going to be an NFL starter next year? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't – I think Ritter next year will get his chance because I think what they're doing this year is – this 2024 QB class looks really strong already. Like you've got three dudes at the top that look really, really good in uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Quinn Ewers. So if you let, if you give Mariota this year, give Ritter time to develop on the bench, and then he still struggles in the second year, then you, you there's less of his contract you have to worry about getting rid of. You can get the the better quarterback in 2024 and roll with that um i don't think they'll they'll move on this year like i think quarterback in 2023 is out for the falcons but that seems like that could be their plan is if Ritter struggles for most of next year they'll just they'll just hop on this 2024 train 
Yeah, they still could be in the uh, in the running for a quarterback though this year because like uh, I mean they do have the Panthers, Commanders, and Bears three out of their next four after so, they play the Bengals. So they probably will win those three games. Yeah, that'd be tough. Not oh wait, to. <laughs> they play the command. They play the Panthers two times, so they play them four out of the next five games. Panthers twice, Bears, Commanders after the Bengals game. Are we talking about potentially seeing like a seven-win Falcons team before we get to December here? Yeah, like, like the like, Falcons they're, definitely. No, they're three and three right now, so yeah, they would they would seven and four by December. Yeah, like they definitely. This is after this game, so if they say they lose to yeah. the Bengals, yeah, the four count is the L to the Bengals that I'm. That and, I'm yeah, but then they'll play the Chargers too in there, in between oh, okay. those games. There's the Chargers, okay. but I mean they really, I don't. They could beat us. They could beat the Chargers. They, they could with the injuries the 49ers. That have. Yeah, with the bank with the the they got the 49ers though because oh. of turnovers, didn't they? I didn't like, even add in. Like, yeah, Jimmy made some minor and they just. Plays. Not just that, Mariota just like controlled, like they controlled the ball. They had the ball yeah. in there the whole game. Um, and they play the Steelers after the Commanders. So add that in there because that's definitely winnable. Yeah, their schedule is easy. Like the Falcons could make the playoffs. I'm not even yeah, like that's not even a hunt. joke. They could be in the hunt like week 17, 16, 17, and 18. Like they could legit be in the they hunt. They were in the hunt last year. Yeah. I mean, they ended up eight and nine, I think. Yeah, I could see them getting like eight and nine again this year, maybe nine and eight, depending on how these games. Yeah, break. might be. Yeah, because their schedule is definitely they're going to be favored in like six of their games left. <laughs> like as long as they it keep is. up the same play, they'll definitely be favored in like six games left. Because Carson Wentz will probably be out for that one game too. So the only hope the Commanders have is down the drain, pretty much if Wentz doesn't play. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be um, because Heine. Well, depends. Heineke was good last year in his limited stuff. He's just he was. I forgot about Taylor Heineke. Yeah, if they were rolling out some Sam Howell, I'd agree with you. (laughs) No, I kind of forgot about Heineke. But um, Kyle Allen, (laughs) yeah, Rivera loved him for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, for some reason, I don't get it. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't. I don't understand that. But, but yeah, this, Fal- this Falcons team is sneaky good. Like the defense oh, yeah. is solid. They've got when they do throw the ball, they've got guys like Drake London and Kyle Pitts who are for yeah. some reason they don't use very much, but they're really good at catching the football. Um, I and like Zacchaeus. The is their slot people. receiver. Zacchaeus is 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 nice. He's a he's, solid he's a slot receiver. Yeah. Um. So I think this. And Arthur Smith seems like a good coach. Like this team was supposed to be picking top five this year by Vegas odds, I think. Yeah, they were. Like that, that was like they were favored and, to be the number one pick by a lot of places. Yeah, like it was them, the Seahawks, and the Bears who were who were all in the running for number one when the season started. And Geno Smith has got an MVP train going. Geno <laughs> Smith is better than Russell Wilson this year. Who'd have seen yeah. that coming? Geno <laughs> Smith is better than eighty percent of the league. Literally. Yeah. yeah, like that's that's not even a joke. But um, no, <laughs> that's that's why I think this could, this might end up being a trap game for the Bengals because like the Falcons are sneaky good. Like they've got ways they can attack the Bengals. They're coming off I the homecoming game for Burrow and Chase, and they're back home. Like maybe looking ahead to the Browns game the week after. Like I think this has the makings of a, a potential trap game. 
I get what you're saying there, but I don't think the Bengals are in the position to get trapped anymore. Like I think they're focused. They realize they're three and three. They're not rolling through teams right now. They got to be focused. So I don't, I don't think they're going to like, like they could lose the game, but I don't think it's going to be because they're like not ready for the Falcons. That's yeah, that's possible. Um, I don't think they won't be ready. It's just, they're just coming back from the new Orleans game. That's a big win that they had to win a different way than they've won all season. Um, yeah. The Falcons can run the ball against a DJ reader list line and a Logan Wilson list linebacker core. And Smith Smith, I would say is probably a better coach than, or at least on the level of Taylor right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I just can see it happening. Yeah. They seem pretty, they honestly seem a little bit similar him and Zach Taylor in terms of you can tell the players really like playing for them, but their play calling isn't very complex. <laughs> yeah. Like, but like their players like love playing for them. It seems similar in that way. Yeah, it does. And um, Arthur Smith, his play calling, he just basically did it. He's just basically doing exactly what he did at Tennessee. I don't think he's adjusted for just pound the rock. And yeah. Which is weird, though, because the first couple games, Mariota threw it a lot more. Like, he yeah. actually threw it a good bit the first few games. They've recently switched the strategy, like, week four. So who did they play those first few games? Like, week one, they had a big lead, like, the whole game, and the Saints came back, and they threw it 33 times. So it wasn't like they were trailing. He threw it 33 times with a lead the whole game. Yeah. Week two versus so the Rams, they, they were coming they were back. Trailing. Yeah. Yeah. In so the they, they, game, they kind of had to. Like, that Seahawks defense is bad. So you can do basically whatever you want to. <laughs> but he only threw it 20 times that game. But since then, it's been like, like, let's see against the Browns. 19, 7 for 19. <laughs> against the Bucks, 14 to 25. Yeah, like, he's averaging some Justin Fields numbers. 49ers, yeah. 13 to 14. He's just like yeah. a more efficient Justin Fields outside of that one game. Like he yeah. just like he completes a higher percentage of his passes and stuff, but like in terms of how many passes they're throwing and everything. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, it just, I don't know. Um, I, I still think the Bengals won the game. It's just I think Vegas has this as a six point game, and I could absolutely a six point spread, and I could absolutely see see it being closer than that. Yeah, I can see the Falcons covering for sure. Um, definitely, most definitely. I'm expecting in this game. Let's talk a little about bit about the game, like what we're expecting. And everything we talked a lot about the Falcons. We haven't really touched much on the Bengals. I'm definitely expecting like a a, a pass heavy game. To this game from the Bengals, like a pass heavy strategy. They might run the ball if they have a lead lot, but I'm definitely expecting the short pass game a lot this game, especially against like Grady Jarrett, who's gonna stuff that the, those holes yeah. in there and everything. So. I'm expecting the Bengals not to come out and just run it down, uh, run it right up uh, Grady Jarrett and everything. So I think they'll come out with a short pass scheme like they did against the Saints. And it was very effective against the Saints. So they'll probably try something like that again. Especially if Terrell's hobbled, then they really don't have yeah. any weapons in that secondary at all. No, nah, like Terrell, can... like, they need to go whoever's opposite Terrell. Whoever's not on Terrell, even if Terrell's not hot, like if Terrell's playing normal, like, they don't have much help in that secondary yeah. outside of him. So target T Higgins if T Higgins yes. has the. But in all seriousness, a lot of teams put their best corner on Higgins. I yeah, like you notice the Belichick that. strategy. Yeah, because just... they put two on Chase, but they put the top corner on Higgins. 
Yeah, they'll take the number one receiver out of the game with two and then cover your best, your second best option with their best option. And yeah. it didn't work for the Dolphins. <laughs> T. Higgins still had that huge over the top. T. Touchdown. Higgins was cooking him. Yeah. But that's yeah. like T. Higgins isn't a number two receiver. No, he's not. Uh, exactly. <laughs> he's a 1B. Like, he's really, really good. If he wasn't on the same team as Jamar Chase, we'd be ecstatic to have him as the number one receiver. Oh, yeah. Exactly. It just. And he's I put think, up better numbers total on the year than Chase, like like per game, because yeah. obviously two games he hasn't played. <laughs> yeah. I almost think that's what the Falcons are going to have to try, though, even though their secondary sucks. But that's why. It's because their secondary is that bad. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to scheme up a way to hide that. So do you do what the Dolphins did? Or what was it? They put like five players on the side of Boyd and Chase and just let Higgins go one-on-one on that touchdown? Like that? you got to – they're going to have to probably try something like that. I could see it being a big Boyd game. Maybe Hurts, yeah. too, if they leave the middle open because they're so worried about the boundaries. Um, especially if that groin injury is just what it's been since, like, week two. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think you're right. Passing is going to be the big thing. If the tackles are healthy, I could see a, a, see them trying to do the outside run game just because, like you said, you don't want to run at Grady Jarrett. Yeah. But I think you're right. Passing and Burrow's been a lot, a lot better since the first half of the Steelers game. Like, it's insane. <laughs> if you take playing. that half out, he'd be in the MVP like conversation. Legitimately. Like, like statistically. That's not, that's not even a joke. He's thrown 10 touchdowns and one interception since the Steelers game. That's not even counting the second half and overtime of the Steelers game. He's thrown 10 touchdowns in the last five games and only one pick. Yeah. And that pick was was on a play action where he had his back to the defense. So, so what's he on the year? Twelve and five. I think so. Twelve. Yeah, I think think he's averaging two a game touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, because I think he had two versus Pittsburgh. Yeah, he did. So, yeah, because outside of that, I I absolutely trust Burrow to do what he needs to do what he needs to win. Like even in that Steelers game, he still led them on two game-winning drives for yeah. purposes. With like the he, Burrow thing? Here, yeah. Go ahead. Finish what you were saying. I was going to say, because even though they didn't win the game, that touchdown was Burrow, and that should have been field goal was Burrow, leading them down both times. Yeah. I think that Steelers' first half was genuinely he just hadn't played football. <laughs> and yeah. he just, like, got his bell rung, and then he just, like, wasn't ready for how fast the Steelers defensive players were moving out there and reading him and everything. And I think once he got adjusted, he was fine. Yeah. Watching that game though, I was like, is he going to throw like seven picks? Cause they're not going to pull him. The Steelers can't yeah. do anything on offense. So it's like, they were going to still be in the game. Yeah. That honestly was one of the worst offensive performances I've ever seen from a team. Just baffling. like they, like Just how many opportunities they had. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about the Steelers part. That was one of the worst offensive performances I've ever seen from a team. Yeah. Like the fact that they couldn't do anything off of five picks was just insane to me. Yeah. That, that, that was the first clue that the Steelers offense might not be very good. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It, and we talked about it last week. I think that kind of screwed up the Bengals plans on offense for a little while. He talked about that on the Cowherd podcast. Oh, he did. Yeah, he said something about that, like saying like that, uh, 
like kind of screwed with them and like made them a little more conservative after that or something for the cow. He was talking about for the Cowboys game. They've came out really conservative. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes sense. Like you don't want to get right back into that. Same but he situation. said now they're like, he's. But you can blazing. see it clicking now. Yeah. At that, that first touchdown to chase was a perfect burrow throw. Like that wasn't a great, like that was a good route by chase, but that was a perfect throw by burrow. There. The throw that should have been chase's third touchdown. Yeah. Chase just was beautiful. He threw that right yeah. over the top of that corner, and Chase just dropped it. That's the one thing. Jamar Chase is the best receiver in the NFL, I believe. I think he genuinely is the best receiver in the NFL. I think he's, the one thing that of. slows him down is he just he struggles still with drops, like a little bit. Like he still drops passes. Yeah, but a lot. And of you just gotta live with it. Do. You just yeah. gotta live with it. Because Higgins hardly dropped – like, Higgins had that drop last week, but he hardly drops passes besides that. Yeah. yeah. Neither does Boyd. Like, they hardly drop passes. Boyd's first drop was the Super Bowl, right? Last yeah. Year. Yeah, on a third down of all which times. is good. But, which uh, is why they complement each other. Because, like, Chase is the one who can make everybody miss, make the huge plays, but the other two are just reliable. Yeah. They, they don't H drop pass as much. And Higgins feels like the perfect mixture almost. Like – you have two options in every scenario. Like if you're going yeah. over the top, Higgins can go grab it too. Like that catch against Baltimore last year in double coverage was one of the best I've ever seen. He's probably the best. Like if like, it's just like purely just a, not like they didn't beat him. It's just go up and get a jump ball. Higgins is definitely the top guy for that. I'd say. Yeah. It's um, he's, and like you said, he's just reliable on the sticks. That catch against the Chiefs in overtime is another perfect example. The first down to get him in the field goal range, like that, that was perfect. Like that's just that's what you need from the that's what you need from a guy like him. Like you just I have remember, two options in every scenario, no matter what. I remember his rookie year. He had this toe tap catch. I forget who it was against. I feel like it was against the Eagles. And I was like, oh yeah, this dude's legit. Like it was a it was a crazy catch, I remember. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, this this guy's nice. Yeah, yeah. He he's clearly super talented. He's gonna get paid, yeah. and I really hope it's by Cincinnati, because you know, NFL cap shouldn't be real. Just, you know, let it I go. I think <laughs> I think they will pay him, and I think Tyler Boyd is gonna be the one who gets dropped this offseason. Yeah, I think I think Boyd has two more years on this deal. Oh, he has two more? Oh shit. I, I thought so. he like only had one more. Hang on. I, I'm pretty sure it's it's two, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, according to Spotrack, he's got this year and next year, he's in he's an unrestricted free agent twenty-four. Okay. Yeah, I think and they should 30, uh... and he'll be thirty by then. I think they should uh, draft somebody this um, in this year's draft. Maybe not like first round, but maybe like a third or fourth round pick. Just see if he could turn into something, and then be the replacement for Boyd in two years or whatever. Not use a high draft pick, but like a third or fourth rounder because we need a fourth receiver anyways. We don't have a good like. Lots of teams have more, much more receiver depth than we do. We don't have receiver depth at all. Like if one of them's hurt, it's Mike Thomas or Stanley Morgan. <laughs> like seriously, yeah. it's not it's not a good receiving core outside of the three. Like we don't have much depth. So I think they wanted to take one at the draft. The board just didn't fall their way. Yeah. It just um, but yeah, I think they need to get a receiver this offseason. Um 
I, I thought they, they should have probably signed a free agent even before the draft just for the depth because the difference when one of those three is hurt versus when they're not is ridiculous. Like the gap can't be that big. Yeah. For so, something that's so critical to making your offense work. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But as far as this game goes and everything, are you expecting high scoring game, low scoring game? What are you expecting here? I'm actually expecting a pretty low scoring game here. I know Vegas says the over under at 47 and a half. But like That's these are two, high. yeah, these are two run, these are two control the ball type teams right now. The Bengals' big plays have not been there this year. They've had two, so they've become a lot more three. of a three. Boyd three. Had that. Yeah, Boyd yeah, had Boyd had, had the big too. one against the Jets. Yeah, so each of them have had their big plays. Um, but the, like we just said, Mariota's going to throw the ball like fifteen times. The Bengals are going to have like four 15 play drives. <laughs> like that's all they're going to have. Yeah, like I could, I could see this being like a twenty to seventeen, twenty four to seventeen type game. My like, um, yeah, unless this defenses just show up in a way I don't think about, and they've got like seven possessions each where they kind of have to, you know, where they have more chances to score. I don't know. It just, I don't see this being a super high scoring game. But maybe, I mean, it's Vegas. They probably know something I don't. So what's your score you're going with? I'm gonna go twenty one to seventeen Bengals. Okay, I'm. So you're not going to take them to cover? No, I'm not taking them to cover. If they had Reader and Wilson, I would, but those are two pretty big pieces missing in the middle of the defense. It's six and a half, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not taking them to cover either. I'm taking 20 to 14 Bengals. Um, I just think they're the better team. They'll be able to control the ball a little bit and make the Falcons pass the ball, and I just don't think the Falcons' offense has enough to beat the Bengals' offense. That's as simple as – it gets for me like they beat the 49ers, but the 49ers pass game, like even when they're behind, Kyle Shanahan's still dialing up slow tempo runs instead of going no huddle because he just doesn't trust Jimmy G at all. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's just not going to work against the Bengals. And I just think the quarterback play is going to be the difference. I think the Falcons can beat the they can beat the really good teams that don't have elite quarterback play, but I think the teams that have elite quarterback play, Mariota just can't keep up, and their defense won't be able to do enough to just hold on and win it. And I just think it'll be too much for the Falcons, so I'm going to go 20-14. to 14. They're not going to cover, but it'll be close to covering. But maybe if they do cover, I'll be way happier than my pick. Who cares about my pick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I'd love to, to be like a 31-7, to seven, you know, just domination. Yeah. We see bombs thrown all over the field. To, to Chase and Higgins and Boyd and Hurst and just see everybody have a great day. But this just feels like a grinded out game to me. Like just get the win, be happy, and don't worry about anything else. Yeah, I agree with you, and that's why I'm picking that. But, you know, I feel like it's coming where we're going to have a, like, just domination game. I feel like we're bound to have one. So hey, maybe it could be this week. You never know. The Falcons aren't like some elite crazy team. They just – they play a good style of football to compete and stay in every game. Yeah, I think the I think the week at the game after this, the Browns game could actually be that. <laughs> yeah, I but can we'll see that. See, we'll see how this game goes first. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this game. Hopefully, the Bengals can get over 500 for the first time all season, be four and three, and I definitely think Bengals fans would take that after zero and two start, four oh, and yeah. three. Yeah. Looking pretty solid, and yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you'd be four and one with your one loss coming 
on a Justin Tucker kick. Like that's that's not. They not really that. should be. The thing is, they really a hundred percent could be seven and zero, and people would be saying the Bengals are the best team in the NFL. We could, uh, yeah, like it. It would be. It, it's, it's it's not. It wouldn't be a possible. shocker. <laughs> if they come out, if they come out clicking on all cylinders, and they are seven and zero, like there's a hundred percent chance they're up there with the Eagles, Bills, and Chiefs right now in these discussions. I kind of like being good, but I like I don't know seven and zero. I feel like I don't know. It'd be nice. Don't get me wrong, but like I don't know. Then everybody's coming for your ass. <laughs> yeah, I'd almost ra- I'd rather be I'd one hundred percent rather last year ten and seven and make Super Bowl run than go like. 13 and four and peak too early. And all of a sudden you're out yeah, in the divisional round. Exactly. I like them being the comeback kids, even in the season and getting better as the season goes along. Yeah. The playoff run is way more fun than the regular season. I can tell you that. <laughs> exactly. All right. But this was episode 16. I hope you all did enjoy. Follow us on all, all socials at all day Cincy sports podcast or all day Cincy on some. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all in the next one. See you guys. See y'all. Hopefully the Bengals win.